Okay, so now we're going to transition to a it's a four-part teaching entitled Oprah and Elkhart Do the New Age Shift. Now, I'm just going to be reading briefly some excerpts from this, primarily from part one. This is by Warren Smith, and uh, I believe he wrote the book Deceived on Purpose, which is a book exposing the emerging church and this type of thing. And this is part one entitled The Great Heretical Idea. This is just from March 27th of this year. And the first quote from uh, this particular teaching is a quote by Elkhart Tolle. This is the one that's working with Oprah, one of her New Age gurus, from this book, the New, A New Earth, which is the one she's promoting on the Internet. And it says in this quote, This book's main purpose is not to add any new information or beliefs to your mind or to try to convince you of anything which is a lie from the pit of hell again, <laughs> but to bring about a shift of consciousness. That is to say, to awaken. It will change your state of consciousness, or it will be meaningless. It can only awaken those who are ready. Now, these are the ones that are ready to embrace the new age, you know, the dawning of the age of Aquarius, and they're going to be able to embrace the, the coming Antichrist, and these types of things. And even, even if you go up on Lord Betrayer's website, it says the exact same thing as, as this. That, that he's waiting, essentially, until humanity has been awakened enough in order to accept him. There has to be some type of critical mass that's achieved before he can come on the scene. Now, the Lord's in control of this thing. But there's got to be enough people in order to have this momentum for him to, to come on the scene. goes on in this quote to say, Not everyone is ready yet. That would be most likely Bible-believing Christians. And a lot of people from other religions, I'm sure, maybe, that were, were real dogmatic in their belief systems. That even though if it was a cult, they, they would, you know, maybe not be ready. Uh, but it says, not everyone is ready yet, but many are. And with each person who awakens, the momentum in the collective consciousness grows. The collective consciousness in this regard, again, is mass witchcraft. Mass invocation of the spirit of disobedience, of the spirit of lawlessness, of the spirit of Antichrist. That's what they're talking about. That's the critical mass that has to be achieved through mass witchcraft, mass invocation. They're invoking these spirits. And then it goes on to end. It says it becomes easier for others as the collective consciousness grows. In other words, uh, it's like peer pressure. It, it, it would be... It would be like a gay person coming out of the closet. Okay, As more gay people come out of the closet, it becomes easier for other gay people that are in the closet to come out. That's the reality of it. And that's why it says, as the collective consciousness grows, it becomes easier for others. See, if you would have tried to have done this 30 years ago, you would have been considered some kind of New Age nutcase. Or going back even further. But as more people are doing it, then it becomes more socially acceptable. That's all they're saying there. Now here's another quote from Elkhart Tolle. This is his book, The Power of Now. He says, Don't get attached to any one word. You can substitute Christ for presence if that is more meaningful to you. In other words, anything goes. Just throw out the Bible. Just do whatever you want. If it feels good, do it. Remember, um, Aleister Crowley said, Do what thou wilt will be the whole of the law. In other words, that's going to be the coming law of the Antichrist. Do what you want to do. If it feels good, do it. Remember from the 60s and that type of slogan they had? Well, where do you think they got that from in the 60s? If it feels good, do it. They got it from Aleister Crowley. Because many of the people that followed Aleister Crowley, including the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and a lot of those rock groups, they, I mean, they had him on, uh, the Beatles had him on, um, that Sgt. Pepper Lonely Heart Club band, if you look at the back of the album cover, he's a, there's a picture of Aleister Crowley in that crowd. I believe that's the, the album cover. Um, there's many, many rock groups that sang about him. Ozzy Osbourne, Led Zeppelin, you know, the Beatles were heavily influenced by him, and that was the main tenet of his religion. Do what thou will be the whole of the law. So, that's where we're going. Now, this, this quote goes on to say in this book, Christ is your God essence, or the self. As is sometimes called in the East, you mean in the Eastern, like the Eastern religions, the only difference between Christ and presence is that Christ 
refers to your indwelling divinity. Now, if you are a born-again Christian and the Holy Spirit lives inside you, yes, you do have an inborn divinity. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a divinity in and of yourself, apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from Jesus Christ, that's for sure. It's just in you, because evidently you're just worthy and you are your own little God. So, it just refers to your indwelling divinity, Christ so let me just read that last part again. The only difference between Christ and, and the presence is that Christ refers to your indwelling divinity, regardless of whether you are conscious of it or not. Whereas presence means your awakened divinity or God essence. And again, it's all about looking at self and glorifying self and looking to ourself for our own salvation, which is the big theme of all of this. You are your salvation. Remember, that's what they said. This, uh, Warren Smith goes on to say in this article, I stared at the huge black stack, huge stack of books in Barnes & Noble's bookstore. The title of the book was A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life Purpose. The second sounded like a new book by purpose-driven Pastor Rick Warren, but it actually, the title sounded, I'm sorry, like a new book by purpose-driven Pastor Rick Warren. But it was actually the latest selection in the Oprah's Book Club of the Month. Now this is something, this is another tentacle that Oprah has, her Book Club of the Month. Now you've got her internet thing that she's doing, where she's doing her their, their mass trances every time. They start out with a trance at the very beginning, a mass meditation, because they're trying to get you into that transcendental meditation mode where the demons come in and either possess you or influence you much more easily. That's why they're trying to do that. That's a big tenet of the emerging church as well. Going back to this contemplative, meditative state that the Catholics did, you know, started way back in, you know, the beginning. And it's all demonic, every bit of it. So Oprah's got her book club of the month. She's got her XM radio program with, with Marianne Williamson doing the Course in Miracles, which is just channeling uh, demonic spirits and teaching, you know, this demonic spirit's teaching you how to, you know, achieve godhood or whatever, among other things. Now you've got Elkhart Tolley with her, where they're promoting a new earth, which, and that's on the internet. She's got her book of the month club. She's got her weekly, or she's got her daily television program. Now let's think about this last night. And really, you know what the, da the, the, the whole daily television program is? If you really boil it down and think about this and analyze it, it's a recruitment tool to the deeper things of Oprah. That's what it is. That's all it is. It's a recruitment tool. Because according to those statistics, she's reaching 15 to 20 million people every day with her main recruitment tool, which is her show. Now, you may turn on her show and have two or three episodes where really there seems to be nothing that would offend you or whatever, and oh wow, she's giving away cars and she's giving away fruit baskets or whatever she's giving away. She's talking about home interiors or, or this and that, or she's helping some poor person, you know, doing some nice humanitarian work. And then all of a sudden, she brings somebody on after she softened you up, after you've already bought into her uh, philosophy and, and the type of person she is, hook, line, and sinker, now she has somebody like Elkhart Tolley on the show, or she, or she promotes this book and her book of the month, and you read it, and you think highly and esteem her highly, because the essence of it is you're following a woman or a man, like the Bible talks about, cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that would apply to a woman just as well, you don't follow, you follow the word of God. And now all of a sudden, she's introducing you to a different set of beliefs than you're used to, let's say, as a Bible-believing Christian. But, you're looking at her and you're thinking, wow, these, there are all these masses of people following her and this and that, and, and she's doing all these nice humanitarian things. I mean, man, there must be something to this. Remember, the Bible talks about that which is highly esteemed among man is an abomination in the sight of God. Oprah is the most highly esteemed person just about on the planet. I mean, overall, there's a lot of people that hate the Pope. There's not a lot of people that, that overtly would come out and say they hate Oprah. Okay? So, she's very, very highly esteemed among men, but that's an abomination in the sight of God. 
If the masses are doing it, typically it's the last thing you should be doing. Remember, broad is the way which leads to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. So that's how she's, that's what she's doing primarily, I believe, with the everyday TV show. It's more of a softening up, recruitment, mass brainwashing tool to recruit you into the more deeper things of Oprah. Now, what are the more deeper things of Oprah? It's going to be the book club, where she can actually get you cozied up with one of these books with this, these new age authors, or it's her XM radio show, and she's flat out said it before. When they wanted to do Course of Miracles on her, her regular show, the, the Oprah show told them that, you know, we're just not ready for that yet. We're not ready for you. And, in other words, they loved it, but they weren't, they knew the viewing audience wasn't ready for it yet. See, again, the collective consciousness that Elkhart Tolley was talking about hadn't achieved a critical mass yet in order for people to be able to receive this. So, but now she's got this on so many fronts. She's got it on the internet. She's got her New Age indoctrination going on the internet. XM Radio. Her Book of the Month Club. These types of things. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify that a little bit. <clears throat> going further with this quote, it says, A colorful orange blue paper band around the book invited the reader to join Oprah and Elkhart for a worldwide web event. Now this was this, when he first saw this book, a New Earth, Awakening to Your New Life Purposes, which is this Elkhart Tolley book. He saw it in Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble, uh, most of these bookstores are just wicked. Wicked. I mean, there's... I don't, I, I don't even advise going in there. I haven't been in one for quite a while. Um, not to say everything's wicked in the whole bookstore, but man, they've got some wicked stuff between the magazines and the... Uh, the, the, the different various and sundry sections they have in there, whew, you got to be really, really, really careful. You know, and they're selling Harry Potter and, and all kind of, basically, pornography and things like that, calling it art. So you got to be real careful in these bookstores. And remember, it's all about making money. So it says, Join Oprah and Elkhart for a worldwide web event every Monday night beginning March 3rd, 2008 for 10 weeks. So see, we're right in the middle of this right now. If you're, if you're listening to this in a... Um, after I'm just re releasing it. It says, register at Oprah.com. It goes on and on with the website. It, a personal message from Oprah stated, get ready to be awakened. See, this is the great awakening. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, as they would say. It was clear to me Oprah was no longer content to just popularize New Age beliefs. She would now teach them. See, that's the difference we're seeing now with Oprah. The transition of popularizing them and having people on her shows, now she's gone full-blown to teaching them. Because like when they were showing her up on this internet thing with Elkhart Tolley, it wasn't Elkhart Tolley up there doing most of the talking. It was Oprah. <laughs> now granted, she was asking him questions, but it was more like a tag team duo teaching tool. And it has so much more power because you don't know Elkhart Tolley, but you know Oprah. Oh, you could trust Oprah. That's how it goes, and it's all by design. So, it says, This was a bold move by a woman who was obviously willing to do everything in her power, which is considerable, to convert the world to her New Age worldview. With friend and New Age author Marianne Williamson simultaneously teaching A Course in Miracles daily on Oprah, Friends, Oprah and Friends XM Satellite Network, Oprah now offers two very public New Age classes. That's why I said she's getting more aggressive. These classes are teaching millions of people that the way to save themselves and the planet is not by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but rather by accepting the Christ within that's already there. Hey, you just got it. You got it. All you have to do is be awakened to the fact that the Christ already lives within you. You just have to be awakened to this. That's all it is. You don't have to do it. You don't have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You don't have to accept that free gift. You don't have to believe Jesus is, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by Him. No, no. You don't got to believe any of that. No, that's what they're doing. And see, because Oprah is so highly esteemed among men and women, and because she makes no qualms about saying she comes from a Baptist church, grew up in a Baptist church, that, in some ways, to somebody that's maybe looking at this as all the more credibility 
to the fact that Oprah has truly found the way. Because Oprah could say, you know what? I've been there and I've done it. I've been in that whole Baptist dogma doctrine thing with the Bible. And you know what? I found a better way. Well, yeah, she's found the broad way. It's not a better way. But see, that out that adds all the more, you know, not I shouldn't say credibility, because nothing that she's doing is credible. But it adds all the more appeal that, you know, I've been there, done it type of deal. So going further, it says, For someone who probably has an aversion to traditional proselytizing, Oprah is giving new meaning to the word proselytize as she continues to push her New Age beliefs down our throat in all, upon the world. Oh, you, you think that she'd let somebody come on her show and talk about Jesus Christ being the way... That one, uh, you, you heard the uh, that controversy in her studio audience that one time on the first part of this teaching. Well, that was probably about the only time that was ever brought up. That lady actually boldly got up and said, Jesus is the only way, Oprah. And all you're giving us, essentially, is your opinion. Your heartfelt opinion. And the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked who can know it. See, it's okay for Oprah to proselytize. Hey, it's her show. You know? She's the one that has the big bucks. But it's terrible for anyone else, and particularly a born-again Christian. Or if it doesn't fit into her model, she's not going to let that be set forth. It's got to be Oprah's way. See, it's a double standard. Then it goes on to say, but in defense, as her role as a New Age proselytizer, she's probably the best. She has probably the quintessential essence of the golden child for Satan, as far as the New Age proselytizer, if you think about it. I mean, there's really nobody on the planet right now that's reaching more people every day. So in defense of her role as New Age proselytizer, Oprah would probably be, be the first to tell you it's all for the good of the world. Exactly. And Satan's just... All she is is Satan's mouthpiece. She would also probably argue that what she's teaching is not from the New Age, but a new spirituality. Curiously, that just happens to be the same term that some emerging church leaders like Brian McLaren are using as they introduce New Age ideas and language into the church. Oprah can call her New Age teacher teachings whatever she wants, but she and her ever-popular growing band of New Age colleagues are still teaching that we are all one because we are all God and Christ. In, in other words, Christ and God are not separate entities. We are them. Well, doesn't that make you feel proud and puffed up? Sure, that's exactly how she wants you to feel. That's how Satan wants you to feel. Because he knows if you're all proud, and you think that you're this and you're that, that pride will blind you. And when you're blind, it's pretty tough to get saved. As Marianne Williamson says, and, and the Bible talks about, you know, the prince of this world is blind in them, and they cannot see these types of things. Marianne Williamson writes, We are all one. We are love itself. Give me a break. We're not all one. The Bible says to be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We are not all one. Thank God we aren't. Because if we were all one, we would collectively all be going to hell, most likely. I know I can't save another man. The only way they're going to get saved is through the Lord Jesus Christ, not through me. So... They go on to say these, this New Age drivel. Then they, she says, Accepting the Christ is merely a shift in self-perception. Self-perception, meaning Christ is already within you, so that's what you're going to... See, this is the, the, the coming, the, the lie that's upon us here. <clears throat> they go on to say, The shift Williamson and Oprah, Oprah and Tolley describe is the awakening to the Christ within and the God within. Shift is the key word. It means to move from one position to another, as in shifting's one awareness away from the mind and the ego to the collective Christ consciousness or the Christ within, as in shifting your belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to the New Age belief in the Christ within. Okay, now this I think has to do with where the Bible talks about the parable of the sower, and there's four there's four seeds that fall on four different grounds. You know, and some of them, you know, essentially fall away or, or, or they endure for a while and the, these types of things. And, and 
you know, if you had your belief as Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and now all of a sudden you're shifting to believing that, no, no, it's not about that, it's, it's about the Christ within me, I saved myself, you were never really saved. It's just that that's being proven out by this. You never had your anchor on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. You never built your house on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. It was never there. It's just being proved out. Because God is going to shake everything that can be shaken. This is all going to happen anyway. So if we go further with her New Age classrooms on teaching satellite radio and now on the internet, Oprah apparently feels an urgency to teach everyone how to awaken and make this shift to the Christ within. Well, yeah, she's really devoting a lot of effort to this. If you think about this, with her Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey Network kicking in next year, we can expect to see her New Age viewers showcased on an even grander scale. She's going to have her own TV show. Her own channel. The Oprah Winfrey Network. Did you know about that? I just learned about that when I read this article. Well, where do I sign up? Her own channel. Can you imagine having that witch on 24-7? And she is a witch. I believe that 100%. This is witchcraft. The essence of the New Age movement is witchcraft. Okay? I don't care if they call themselves a witch or not. They are. They're practicing in witchcraft. And I believe these people at this level know a whole lot more than they're letting on anyway. In her first class with Elkhart Tolle, Oprah asked if people had experienced the shift while reading Tolle's book, A New Earth. This is important. Of course, all this is. The question reminded me of Werner Einhard's New Age EST program in the 1970s that taught the same idea of shifting one's perception and then similarly asking, did you get it? Obviously, there is pressure to, quote, get it. And to feel the shift. And this is all about the heart, remember? Feeling and that type of deal. Oprah felt the shift. Did you? Well, I want to be like Oprah. I want to get the shift. Well, that's the, that's the whole thing. It's exactly how she wants you to feel. Are you understanding this new age way of looking at yourself and the world? Or are you being blocked by your mind and your ego from seeing this new spirituality that can save our planet. See, that's the underlying implication. We're going to talk about that in a second. Saving the planet. Keep logging on to our classes. Keep reading Tolly's book, and you'll get it. Well, when you get it, essentially, if you really do get it, you've just become, well, at bare minimum, you've done the whole adopted demon program into your body. Because if you get it, and, and you've bought into this hook, line, and sinker, you're being heavily demonically influenced at bare minimum. So, this is the big thing they're trying to emphasize. Now, I want to go over something here. Oprah asked if the people had experienced the shift while reading Tolly's book, A New Earth. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. If you go to a bookstore, or if you go up on the internet, but particularly in this case, if you go to the bookstore and you buy his book. Now, it's well known in the occult that there are cursed objects. And it's well known that a lot of times, like in the record industry, they will actually, it's, uh, particularly, you know, the, the demonic recordings that are out there, the people that actually put this together are heavily involved in the occult. They actually curse, or they call it blessing, these recordings before they actually put them out in, into the mass public. Okay, The music itself is demonic, but they've actually cursed the music with demonic entities. They actually perform rituals and things like this over the master copies of the records or of these recordings before they're released because they know ultimately they're going to sell more records, if they do that, and they're going to know that humanity is going to be defiled in a demonic way to a greater degree if they do that. And you might say, oh, I don't believe any of that. Whatever. It doesn't really matter if you believe it. It's happening. If you were Satan, and you had the ability to do that, don't you think you would do that? Aren't, isn't your, wouldn't your job as Satan be 
to try to defile humanity to the maximum possibility and potential? So why should this be of any surprise? If you buy one of this man's books, don't think, I said all that to say this, if you buy one of his books, or any of these New Age books, don't think that you're not bringing a big, gigantic New Age curse into your house. Think about that. I don't really advise keeping satanic Bibles and things like this around as reference tools. I just would rather err on the side of safety with this. If I go and I do research, I primarily do it online. And I'm not actually buying the book. I don't know, what's, I don't know what baggage is coming along with that book when I buy it. Okay? Um, I just think it's something to think about there. Because it's very, very easy to bring a cursed object into your house and you not even be aware of it. I mean, look at um, Achan. He brought in a Babylonian garnet and some wedges of silver. And it cursed the whole camp of Israel, and then they lost the, the next battle at Ai. They lost, like, over 20 people. And it was per totally because Ai had done this one thing and brought sin into the camp. But you look around most Christians' houses today, they've got all kind of cursed objects in their house. And they don't even know they're cursed. I I'm just saying... It's better to err on the side of safety. I want to keep a lot of this type of stuff around. And if you're going to get rid of it, the ideal way to get rid of it is to burn it. It's what they did in Acts. When they brought all their curious arts together after they got saved, which was coincidentally the first thing they did after they got saved, they brought all their cursed objects together, all their witchcraft implements and, and books and things of this, and it was a lot of money, and they burned them. Because burning is the most direct way to break a curse off a material object. And you can burn something that can't burn. What I'm saying is that if it was like, let's say it was a uh, something that wasn't wood, like a, a metal object that was cursed. Let's say you had been involved in witchcraft and you had an athami, which is a ritual dagger that they would use in witchcraft ceremonies. You would still burn that thing and then get rid of it. Because the actual heat, I believe, is what you know does the job. And I think that's biblical. You can prove that biblically. So let's go further. Tolley's book, A New Earth, like A Course in Miracles and other New Age teachings, exploits the idea that the world is at a crisis point and insists that we must spiritually evolve as a species to avoid personal and planetary disaster. Now here's the next big lie. And now they start to exert some pressure on those that haven't evolved or got it yet. Quote, got it. In both his book and in the class of Oprah, totally reiterated the words that New Age leader Barbara, Hubbard, Barbara Marks Hubbard was given by her New Age Christ. This is channeling of demons. The New Age Christ told her, evolve or die. End of quote. Now this... This article that I'm reading, and this whole thing by uh, Warren Smith, is highly referenced. Everything that I'm talking about here, none of this is my opinion. This is straight from the horse's mouth. So in other words, don't feel any pressure, but if you don't shift your point of view, and quote, get it, that we are all one, and that we are all God... What's the result? Our planet will probably be destroyed and our human species will become extinct. Well, you know what this is setting us up for? In this way, the Christians, who, who the Bible-believing Christians, who will be the only ones on the planet that won't probably accept the coming New Age Antichrist, because all the other religions are lining up, they're all getting on the same page. Some a little quicker than others. But it'll be the true Bible-believing Christians... That can be blamed for all the planet's problems. Because we never got it. Because we're stubborn. Because we don't want to shift or get it. We're just troublemakers. Tolly and Oprah stayed away from the harsher aspects of this evolve or die dictate in the first internet class. Hubbard, however, has made it clear that in the future, those who refuse to make the shift by seeing themselves as God will be eliminated by something called the selection process. Oh, wow, now this is really getting a little bit uh, draconian. We're going to be eliminated by the selection process? Huh. If we don't get this, 
wow, now, you know, it's one thing for Oprah to proselytize, but now it's another thing to be telling us that we're going to be eliminated by this, quote, selection process. Hubbard, who is highly respected by her New Age colleagues, claimed that her Christ, this demon that's channeling through her, has laid out an Armageddon alternative peace plan to save the planet. This peace plan is predicated on accepting the shift in consciousness that Oprah and Tolley and other New Age leaders are teaching, the shift to the Christ within. See, the reason that they're so clamoring for the shift to take place is they're trying to get their agenda, they're trying to get the Antichrist on the scene as quickly as possible. So that's why Oprah's getting so much more aggressive with what she's doing here. She's brainwashing more and more people. Because she wants it to happen quicker. Hubbard's New Age view of the future inspired her to be one of the co-founders of the World Future Society. And she is currently listed as a member of its Global Advisory Council, Emergent Leader, and the Vanguard of Church Transformation. Well, it's going to be evolve or die. That's going to be the, the, the essence of church transformation. Either you accept our church, either you accept the coming one world religion church, where we're all going to be this, you know, one big happy apostate family, or you die. Well, the Bible talks about the, you know, the Christians that didn't accept the mark of the beast. Now, I believe it's going to be every single one of them, because God always preserves a remnant. But it's going to be a whole bunch. You know, it's either accept the mark of the beast or the guillotine. Get your head chopped off. Well, that's what her, that's what evolve or die is going to mean to them. I guarantee you, when it's all said and done, they're, they're actually starting to talk about this now. They're actually starting to talk about this. And her version of church transformation is the coming one world church of Antichrist, New Age witchcraft, or nothing, or death. That's it. You either accept it or you don't. Now remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is still on the throne. Okay, no matter what we're called to do, God can give you the grace, the strength, the courage to deal with whatever is coming down the road. Remember, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and strong mind. These types of things. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Those are the verses you need to dwell upon. And pray Psalm 64, because that's asking you, God, to hide you from the enemies and from the workers of iniquity and these types of things. I don't think there's anything wrong with praying those types of prayers. He's, you're asking God to deal with your enemies. Well, that's not love. Well, is it more better for God to like just let the wicked become more wicked and, and just to let them run roughshod over everybody and let them increase in wickedness and let them take more people to hell? Is that better? I don't think so. If they're appointed to hell, God already knows that. I mean, our destinies are pretty much sealed at this point anyway. God knows the beginning from the end is the point I'm trying to make. Okay, He knows he's going to hell and he knows he's going to heaven. So if we go further, it says that um, Brian McLaren has also written about the Armageddon Alternative. This is what they're calling it, the Armageddon Alternative. It's evolve or die, and, this, and, and if you don't evolve, then we're going to have this Armageddon thing and everybody's going to going to die. So we've got to change the planet now, and we've got to do it as quickly as possible. That's why there's this urgency with Oprah and Tolley and these pipe people, because they believe it's a matter of life and death. In describing their New Age spirituality, and the necessity for everyone to spiritually evolve, Elkhart Tolley erroneously states that once you awaken to your Christ consciousness, and your own Godhood, the shift is irreversible. Well, for some, this will be true. I mean, the Bible talks about in 1 Timothy 4.1 that they're going to have their consciences seared with a hot iron. They're going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That's what Oprah's putting forth. It's a seducing spirit and a doctrine of devils. Romans 1 talks about being turned over to a reprobate mind. Okay, and, and there's a lot of people that that's already the case. And in that case, it probably is irreversible. I mean, once you get your conscience sealed with a hot iron, I don't know what biblically, other than if you get saved, 
could, could possibly reverse that. But I just don't think there's a high percentage of people that have had their consciences seared with a hot iron, that have been turned over to a reprobate mind, that are getting saved. I just doubt it. Or if there is, it's a very small percentage. It's not something you want to really push the envelope on, is the point I'm trying to make. So what he neglects to take into account is that there are large numbers of us who formerly made the shift to these New Age beliefs only to discover by the grace of God that we had been greatly deceived by these New Age teachings. And thank God there are people like this. Oh, I know, I, in a way, I was one of them because I was brought up in New Age. The Bible proved itself to be true as, as, as it is exposed the New Age new spirituality for what it was, which is a lie. It was very humbling for us to realize that the Bible was true after all, and that our New Age beliefs were wrong. God was God, and we were not. Jesus was the only one and the only Christ. There was no universal Christ consciousness or Christ within. We were amazed to discover that there was really a deceptive spirit world and an actual devil. We were really... that we were really sinners and that we needed to be saved by Jesus Christ... What we came to understand was that the whole New Age plan to save the world was part of the very deception that Jesus warned would come in the time of the end in Matthew 24. Remember they said, if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect, Matthew 24, 24. We were stunned by the truth of the Bible and shocked at our own gullibility to have believed that we were God and Christ. We had been very sincere about our New Age beliefs, but we were sincerely wrong as our open and holy. But what was this, this whole statement I just read just there? What, what was that? That was humility. That was Warren Smith, who was a total New Age adherent, humbling himself and admitting that he was wrong. And that's the one thing most people don't want to do. They don't want to admit they're wrong, or that they could be wrong, or that they've devoted all this time to this thing, not only that, they like being their own gods. I mean, what's not to like? Hey, I mean, I feel real proud and I'm all puffed up in this type of thing. But that's why Jesus says, unless you come to me as a little child, you'll not see the kingdom of God. You don't get saved going to God in a proud way. You know, like, you know, you're doing him a favor or something. That's not how you get saved. You get saved by humbly going before the Lord, acknowledging that you are a sinner, be willing to repent from your sin. And I'm not saying you have to be have repented from every sin before you get... You go to God however way you are. There, there's, there's a movement out there that they talk about where they... Um, this whole Lordship Salvation thing where you've got to repent from everything prior to salvation. The only one that can give you the ability to repent from your sins is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way He can do that is if, you're, if He's living inside you via the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way you can become a new creature in Christ is to get saved and have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. To exemplify and then thus put forth the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance, these types of things. So I just wanted to touch on that. So what he did here is he humbled himself, which I thought was really neat um, that he did that at the end. And, and I wasn't even going to read that part, but I thought, you know, if there's a new age, you're listening to this show. This is coming from a former New Ager. And if you're listening to this right now, that's how I was brought up too. I mean, my mom took me to seances, and, and she went and got her palm read, and, and was into the yoga and all the other stuff, and she still is. I'm still praying for her. But, you know, that's how I grew up. So it's not as though I don't have any background in this myself. It says, the New Age paradigm shift is a deceptive device that is being cleverly used by a very real spiritual adversary who is out to deceive the world. One of the definitions of the shift in Webster's Dictionary is a deceitful scheme or a method, a trick. Well, that's a pretty good uh, description of what we're talking about here. The New Age spirituality shift advocated by Oprah and Tolley is such a shift, and in every sense of the word, diabolically shifty. Going further, it says, this is the part two, on her March 3rd, 2008 webcast with Elkhart Tolley, Oprah was actually reiterating what she had said about the New Age movement over 20 years ago. On the 1987 Oprah Winfrey show, now this is 1987, this is over 20 years ago, it was when I graduated from high school, 87. Her statements about Eric Butterworth and his book then were almost identical to what she is saying now. 
that man is divine. And Dr. Curtis's description of the New Age awakening and the New Age shift to the divine self on that 1987 program are essentially what Oprah and Tolley are teaching now. But instead of calling it New Age, they are trying to distance themselves from the term by calling it New Spirituality. But there's nothing new about this New Spirituality or what Oprah and Tolley have been teaching in their worldwide webcast. The New Spirituality movement has been around for decades, working its way into the world's mindset in some extremely creative ways. Take, for example, the extremely popular Chicken Soup for the Soul books. You know those? Those innocent little books, Chicken Soup for the Soul? These books are commonly found in Christian bookstores. The co-author of these books, Jack Canfield, has been a New Age leader and an educator for over 30 years. I, I can't even stand going in Christian, quote, Christian bookstores. They make me want to vomit. They do. There's so much apostate, heretical junk in there. I don't even want to be in the place. I believe they're cursed. The only reason I would even go into one anymore is typically if I, if I had to get a, a Bible cover or like a King James Bible or something like that. Or maybe a highlighter for the Bible highlighter. But I don't even like doing that because I don't want to give my money. I'd rather go online, find some Christian book seller, and if, if you need if you need to know where to get a good Bible, just email me and I'll, I'll get you the, uh, the resources for that. I don't want to give them my money. I don't. The last Christian bookseller in, in my area, um, where I live here, right prior, I, I think, to them selling the thing, he committed suicide. Well, he sold out. He sold out. It's all about the money. Is all it is. So these Chicken Soup for the Soul books, these books are commonly found in Christian bookstores. The co-author, Jack Canfield, New Age leader, educator for over 30 years, he wrote an article entitled, Education in the New Age, for New Age magazine in 1978. He has also written school curriculums that instructs teachers on how to use guided visualization to help children get in touch with their spirit guides. Well, I tell you what, good old Jack... The Bible says that we're better if, if a millstone were hung about your neck and you'd be cast in the midst of the sea than you offend one of these little ones. So that's your fate, Jack. Unless you repent, I don't know if, even know if he's alive anymore, but that's his contribution to society. It was not by chance that the first story in Canfield's very first Chicken Soup for the Soul book was written by Oprah's New Age mentor, Eric Butterworth. So this is Chicken Soup for the Soul book being sold in Christian bookstores, co-authored by a totally New Age adherent, and then the first story in the book was written by Oprah's New Age mentor, Eric Butterworth. The quote preceding the Butterworth story was by Telhard de Chardin, the father of the modern New Age movement. Oh, this, you know, it's just an absolute to total New Age brainwashing tool under the guise of a Christian book. Also in that first Chicken Soup for the Soul book, Canfield includes one of his own stories entitled, The Golden Buddha. The, the feel-good moral of this little story about Buddha is that there is a golden Christ, golden Christ inside each and every one of us, who is our real self. New Age leader Jack Canfield in his Chicken, for the, Chicken Soup for the Soul books speak loudly on how the New Age has integrated itself into the world and into the lives of Christians. Canfield's introductory quote by Telhard de Chardin, the story by Butterworth and his own story about the golden Christ within each person, perfectly dovetails with Oprah and Tolley's New Age webcasts. Absolutely. This is the way the deceptive New Age shift works. The shift seems to be so innocent and beguiling, but in reality, it is a shift into the heretical teachings of the Christ within. As a footnote, Canfield's book, Chicken Soup for the Christian Soul, oh good, I'm glad he got that one out there too, Chicken Soup for the Christian Soul, that sits in many Christian bookstores, as does the first Chicken Soup book, that has the Butterworth story and the story about the Christ within. During that 1987 Oprah Winfrey show on the New Age movement, a woman in the audience courageously presented the gospel message that you have to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now, you heard that. You heard that if you heard the first part of this teaching. I actually played you that. Okay? Um, 
Oprah responded by telling her that's your personal feeling. Dr. Curtis then jumped in and explained away the woman's comments as representative of an orthodox interpretation. Then Oprah responded with a shock statement about Jesus. Now, before I go further with Oprah's shock statement, you, I, you probably never heard this before. This is back in 87. This lady in the audience says up and she has, says you have to have your... And Oprah's telling her that's your personal feeling. You know, of all people to say that, she's really one to talk. She's up there forcing down this new age drivel in all these different shows. Now she's doing it on the internet in her book club, up on the, on the satellite radio. And she's telling us that's our personal feeling when it's clearly mandated in the word of God. No, no, Oprah, you got it all backwards. All of this is your personal feeling. All of this is your heart, which is totally deceived and deceitful above all things. She's one to talk. This Now let's read her quote from that show. Then Oprah responded with a shocking statement about Jesus. Listen to this. She says, quote, I mean, I was raised a Baptist. In fact, what we are taught when you go to church, and you adore Jesus, and you praise Jesus, and praise this, it means Jesus would have had the big, would, would, been, have had, would have been the biggest egotist that ever lived. If that was his purpose in coming to the world, to have people adore him and worship him and carry on about him as people do. End of quote. Wow, Oprah. We're glad you got that straightened out. So, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Okay? She got a little fired up here. She let her tongue kind of get away from her. And out of the abundance of her heart, she spoke her true mind. Okay, now I'm not saying... That, that we don't have that, none of us have, all of us have that potential to shoot off our mouth and these types of things. But this was what Oprah was really feeling inside, okay? Let's be honest here. And, um, you know, all this thing about praising and adoring Jesus, and he would have had to been the big ego, egotist ever. That was his only purpose coming to the world. It doesn't, it doesn't say that's his only purpose. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to serve mankind. The Bible says that, that let them that's greatest among you, let him be your, what? Your servant. Well, that's what Jesus was. What do you think he was doing when he washed the disciples' feet? And he went up on that cross, and, and, and he died for our sins, and he shed his blood. I don't think that, he, the Bible says he was despised among all men. So the Son of Man has nowhere to even lay his head. And you're telling me that, that, that that's his only purpose for coming to the earth? When the Bible actually speaks the exact thing. The exact opposite thing. When he was here, he was reviled. Particularly at his crucifixion. When he was needed, when you know he needed help the most. Most everybody abandoned him. So, you know, this whole thing about Oprah saying this, it doesn't, it doesn't wash with the scripture. I just, I get really... Um, uh, angry when you start attacking my Lord and Savior and you start speaking falsehoods about Him, particularly on a public uh, venue like this. I, I pray to God He shut her mouth. I do. She's not... All Oprah is doing right now is taking multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of people straight to hell. She's doing the devil's work and she's doing it mightily because she is of her father, the devil, and of his works. She will do. That's all she is. No more, no less. If God were to deal with her, and I'm not, I'm not telling anybody to go out and deal with Oprah, but if God were to deal with her in such a way where everyone knew it was God dealing with her, then all... The Bible talks about this in Psalm 64, that all men would see and fear. The Bible says, but God will shoot at them, shall shoot at them with an arrow. That all men shall see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of God's doing, and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and rejoice, and all the upright in heart would glory. What's the, what's the result there, it says, of God dealing with sin, of God dealing with wicked people? That all men would see and fear. That's what we need. We need fear of God. What's the next thing they do? They declare the work of God. And that they would wisely consider of God's doing. That's what we need. We need to consider God's doing. Not some new age 
mumbo-jumbo. And then it would be an encouragement to the righteous. It goes on to say, there was a brief further discussion after the commercial break, which Oprah immediately began to do damage control over what she just said. Then she says in this damage control part, now this is all quoted reference stuff here. It says, I just want to clarify, I did not say Jesus was an egotist. So don't write me saying he was an egotist. I didn't say that, okay? Well, what, what a great apology, Oprah. I mean, what, she, you sure did. You sure did. You exactly said that. In fact, you resented the fact that you had to go there and worship Jesus. Well, if we read between the lines here, what she's saying? She's saying that she doesn't like the fact that when she was raised a Baptist, and that what she was taught is to adore Jesus and praise Jesus, even though he was the one that paid the sin debt to save our souls, even though he's the creator of the world, even though he gave us the opportunity to be saved, he puts breath in your lungs, he gives us food and drink, he gives us shelter, these types of things. Oh, I guess we're not supposed to praise Him or worship Him. Yeah. I guess that's not enough for Oprah to want to, uh, to do that. That's not enough. Because Oprah would rather be her own God. Because you know what? Oprah's used to getting the praise. She don't want to share her praise or her glory with anybody. That's the bottom line. Talk about being an egotist. Here's another quote from Marilyn Ferguson from the Aquarian Conspiracy. And she says, Now the heretics are gaining ground. Doctrine is losing its authority. And knowing is superseding belief. Boy, did she say a mouthful. I could do a whole teaching on this one quote. She's the author of the Aquarian Conspiracy. Guess where she appeared? Guess who, guess who had her on her, her show? Oprah. We're going to talk about that next. She had the same lady that wrote The Aquarian Conspiracy. Remember, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Now the heretics are gaining ground. She's admitting she's a heretic. I will say she's honest about that. She's admitting she's a heretic. Biblically speaking, she's true. They're gaining ground. Sure they are. Evil men and seducers shall wax, meaning the wax word wax means to grow in the King James Bible. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. They're gaining ground, all right. And then she says, doctrine is losing its authority. Well, you know what? That's why the heretics are gaining ground. Because doctrine is losing its authority. Not only do we have hundreds of false Bible perversions out there, which spawned themselves from the 1881 Westcott and Hort, who were two flat-out occultists that were theosophists. If you have a new, if you have one of these other Bibles, that's where your Bible comes from, and then that comes from the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticanus manuscripts from the Catholic Church, which goes all the way back to Alexandria, Egypt. It's a per- corrupted, polluted line. So you've got eleven Word of God, which most people are reading. You've got most people following men. You've got most people in denominations that are. 501c3, yoked up with the government. The people at the top of most of these denominations are, are essentially part of the New World Order. It's all by design. The pastors have been spiritually gelded as a result of it. They brought all kind of worldly programs into the church. They're acting like the world in order to bring the world in. And it's working. But they're not converting anybody. Or very few. They're hirelings because they're doing it for the money. Now, I'm not saying every single pastor. I'm saying the majority here. Okay? But doctrine is losing its authority. You're right. Because it's not emphasized anymore. We're supposed to use sound doctrine in order to convince the gainsayers and these types of things. If we don't have doctrine, what do we have? If we don't have the Word of God, what is our standard by which we live our life then? Well, that's what Oprah wants. She doesn't want you to have any standards. If it feels good, do it. Do what thou will will be the whole of the law. We don't need doctrine. Doctrine doctrine imposes rules. It imposes duties on us, possibly. We don't want any responsibility. We want the big guy in the sky and the heavenly bellhop. That's what we want. We don't want to have to answer to nobody. We don't want to have to answer to a holy God. We want to live like the devil. That's That's what's going on. And then it it ends this quote, And knowing is superseding belief. 
See, belief implies faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. That's faith, which is essentially belief. You have to believe in the Bible, in the Word of God, in the Lord Jesus Christ. But there, he, she's saying, and knowing is superseding belief. In other words, these New Agers know. Well, maybe they feel like they know because they're channeling a demon, and they believe that demon is real. And maybe it's manifested to them in a real way. Or maybe they've had this experience that is more real than anything supposedly they ever knew in the church. Whatever. Whatever you, you want to put your faith in. That's your... That's up to you, man. That's up to you. That's your business. But it's faith is where it's at. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. And what they think they know is a lie. Let's go further with this. On that 1987 Oprah Winfrey show... On the New Age movement, Oprah's first featured guest was Marilyn Ferguson, the author of The Aquarian Conspiracy, the, the lady that I just read the quote for. A book Oprah referred to as the Bible of the New Age movement, end of quote. That's what Oprah said. The Aquarian Conspiracy Ferguson described is the great heretical idea that will enable humanity to spiritually evolve and to achieve world peace. Oh, isn't that what it's always all boiling back to? The United Nations, you know, the coming world leader, devil Betraya, Lord Maitreya. It's all going to be about, he's going to usher in this era of peace. So it's all always boils back. But she even says it here. Her book is the great heretical idea. It's, it's a great blasphemous heresy. Is basically what she's saying. And she's admitting it. It's their New Age Bible. The great heretical idea is the belief that God is in everyone and everything. Ferguson describes imminence, whereas the God within as the world's oldest heresy. Imminence. God within is the world's oldest heresy. Okay, so in other words, this imminence meaning that God is within us all, no matter what we do, no matter who we are. We just need to realize this and understand our, and, and evolve and shift into the spiritual awakening. She describes this as the world's oldest heresy. Well, she may be right. It is the world's oldest heresy. You know why I could prove it? Go back to Genesis 3. What was the first sin of humanity in the recorded Bible? When the serpent beguiled Eve and said to her, Yea, hath God said. What did he first do? He questioned God's word. How did he do it? He says, Then he put out the carrot. You shall be as gods if you eat of this tree. Well, isn't that the God within heresy? It is the world's oldest heresy. She's right. This heresy is the one that she and her New Age conspirators were in the process of mainstreaming, believing that it would eventually become our common heritage and what everyone knows. Ferguson wrote one quote, Given the superior power and scope of the new idea, oh, that's a pretty bold statement there, we might expect it to prevail rather quickly. Let me tell you something. It's not because it's of a superior power, this new idea. It's because it's more appealing to the demonically deceived masses than the Bible is, which has a holy God, and we're accountable to Him. And we have to get saved His way, not any whim way we want to get saved. That doesn't appeal to people. They want to get there through works. They want to work their way. Why? Because they're proud. Because pride has blinded them. And they want to be their own gods. They want to have God on their terms. They want to get there their way. That's what she's saying is the superior power and scope of the new idea. Well, it just appeals to the flesh. Personally, it doesn't even appeal to me. I don't want to have to do it my way. I know I'd fall short. I know that all my righteousness are as filthy rags before. I know that. I pray to God they see it. I don't want them to go to hell. The Bible says it says, Will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And that he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I'm not saying I take pleasure in any of this. 
I'm doing this so hopefully some of these people will wake up. And or if, or if Christians are being considering this, or, or, or being influenced by this, or being hindered by this, that they'll get woken up. But this quote says, Given the superior power and scope of this new idea, we might expect it to prevail rather quickly, but that almost never happens. The problem is, is that you can't embrace the new paradigm unless you let go of the old. Remember the evolver die? Well, trust me, letting go of the old is purely, purely in reference to Bible-believing Christianity. Oprah has done her job well. For over 20 years, she has enthusiastically and consistently communicated her New Age beliefs through countless New Age authors. Marilyn Ferguson and all the Aquarian conspiracy must be so proud of her. Thanks to Oprah's high visibility and continued popularity, the great heretical idea that God and Christ are within everyone has been widely communicated and is fast becoming our new consensus and what everyone knows. Who on the planet has done more in the area of this type of brainwashing than Oprah Winfrey? Who has reached more than her? I don't think anybody would even compare to Oprah Winfrey in regard to the masses that she's reaching on a daily basis. I mean, if you have a book, uh, oh, it's, it's on the top 10 bestsellers list, 2 million people read it. She's reaching 15 to 20 million every day. And that's growing. And it's going to continue to grow. She is the Pied Piper of the New Age movement. These, these subjects that I cover are important from that regard. She's going to be responsible for more people going to hell than just about anybody that's ever lived. Marilyn Ferguson and all those New Age Aquarian conspiracy authors must be very proud of her. Thanks to Oprah and her high visibility... Oh, I've already read that, I'm sorry. This 10-week class that she's doing now with Elkhart Tolle is the accumulation of all that Oprah has sought to teach her viewers over the years about the New Age and how to see the world anew. Sadly, if Oprah and her colleagues continue down the path of the New Age, new spirituality, they will experience an awakening someday, but it, will, but it will not be the great awakening they anticipated. Instead, it will be a rude awakening coming, which will come on Judgment Day. Well, it will be a rude awakening once they plunge into hell, second after they're dead. That's when it's going to really hit them. And it's going to be too late then. On that day, they will suddenly realize that God is God, and they are not. And they never were. And they will realize that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that He is the only, and He is the one and only Christ, and there is no Christ within. They will see that they were deceived, and that the Lord Jesus Christ really meant what He said. Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Matthew 24, 4 and 5. Just as the Apostle Paul prayed for Israel, may we pray for Oprah and her millions of followers. Brethren, my heart's prayer and my prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. See, their Savior had already came. And they crucified Him, unfortunately. Now, I understand they were heavily influenced by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and these types of things. But the bottom line is that they crucified them. And the Bible says they did. Okay, so I'm not being anti-Semitic. I'm just saying what the Bible... And that's why the Bible's being called hate speech now. Particularly by the Jews. We're going to talk about that in, in a future thing. I just got something on that this week that was unbelievable. Um... <clears throat> And then it goes on to say in this verse, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, the, the Jews, are going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. That's what all this is about. There's only two religions in the world. And if you believe that you're going to go about and establish your own righteousness through your own works, that is contrary to the Word of God. And that every other religion in the world espouses to that belief system. It's, it's what you do that gets you to where you want to go. Whether it's called nirvana or heaven or wherever, it's what you do. You're going about to establish your own righteousness. 
Not by works of righteousness are we saved, but according to His mercy He saved us. Remember that? Because He was merciful to us. For you are saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. But it says, going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Read that to a Messianic Jew, or a Christian Zionist, or a Hebrew Roots Movement, or a Jew for Jesus. There's so many verses in the Bible, particularly in Romans and Galatians and even Hebrews, that refute those heresies. Christ is the end of the law for, the, for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Believeth in who? Jesus Christ. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised, from, raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. 2 Timothy 2, 3 and 4 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts... Why, why is everybody going after Oprah? Because they're going after their own lusts. They shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. That's what they're doing. Elkhart Tolley, Marianne Williamson, Oprah, whoever else. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. And they shall be turned unto fables. That's all this is, fables. Fables that will get you to hell. I've said this before, Satan doesn't really care how he gets you to hell as long as he gets you there. That's all that really matters. Now let's talk, I'm going to 